Hey guys, welcome to Swerve Church. I'm so glad that you can join us today. Now we're beginning a brand new series today called Stay Positive. Now I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of all the bad news. It seems like every Facebook post, it seems like every time we watch uh, the news or read any article, it's all about bad news and I'm sick and tired of it. We have been surrounded by bad news for, for what seems like maybe the past three months or so. Uh, you know, half of the U.S. seems like it's it's moved on and it's opened up. New York City, of course, is very, still very much early on in the recovery stage of this whole pandemic, of the whole COVID-19 uh, deal. And, you know, hearing these bad news, hearing bad news all day, these articles, these these posts, these Twitter uh, posts, et cetera, et cetera, hearing all this bad news all day can really do something to your psyche. It can really do something to your mental health. It can really do something to your emotions. You know, it really does something to you. It can make you um, quite negative hearing all this bad news. All the time, it could put you in a bad mood and it could make you downright irritable. I know it does to me. I don't know about you. So today we're going to be starting a brand new series that I'm really praying and hoping will help shift our minds and our hearts and will begin to look at what God's Word says and help us to begin to think and be a little bit more positive, to stay positive amidst all the bad news. Now listen, not to neglect the reality, not to neglect everything that's going on all around us, not to hide our head in the sand and pretend like nothing is going on. No, no, none of that. Not to neglect reality, but to choose to trust God and to not allow the negativity that is all around us to shape us or to shape our thoughts or to shape our attitude or to shape our emotions or to shape anything about us. All right, we're going to look at God's word and allow his truth to shape us, not all the bad news and the negativity that is around us. In fact, look at what Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27 says. I love this verse. Look at what it says. It says, the one who searches for what is good finds favor. But if someone looks for trouble, it will come to him. If you look for negativity, you will find negativity. But if you find good, if you find positivity, if you look for what is good, you will find favor. Let me ask you guys a question. I would love for you guys to answer this question in the chat down below. Uh, growing up, I used to watch this cartoon called Winnie the Pooh. I bet some of you have as well. Uh, there's two characters that stick out to my mind uh, that are polar opposites as far as uh, their personalities. One is Eeyore, and Eeyore is kind of like a Debbie Downer. He's always down and out. He's always sad and depressed, and he's always, you know, just moping around all the time. And then you have Tigger, and Tigger's the opposite. He's always hopping around. He's always happy. He's always joyous. He's always uh, in your face and energetic. They're two polar opposites. Would you guys let me know in the comments down below, which one are you more like? Are you more of an Eeyore, kind of a Debbie Downer, kind of a little bit more somber, a little bit more... Uh, sad, a little bit more affected by the things going on around you? Are you more like Tigger? Energetic, constantly on the go, always happy, always bouncing around regardless of what's going on. Let me know in the comments down below. I'm going to be honest with you guys and me, I, I definitely tend to relate a little bit more to the Eeyore character. I, I tend to be a little bit more pessimistic at times. I do tend to allow things around me to determine or to affect the way I feel or what I think, etc. Uh, what about you? Which one are you? 
And that's why I think this series is so important because I really want to challenge us to be able to shift our thoughts. Listen, not just by some kind of motivational talk or motivational speaking. No, we want to look at God's word and see what God's word and see if there's hope in the scriptures to help us in the middle of all this. I hope you guys are ready. Uh, I know I am. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 today. And here's our big idea. If you're taking down notes, you can write this down. We're talking about optimism. How can we be optimistic? And here's the big idea. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel, but on what God says. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. I'm optimistic on what God says. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to be looking at what God says according to His Word. That's the one of the major ways, one of the greatest ways that we can hear from God is by looking into the Scriptures. It's looking into God's Word and see what He tells us. So let's see if we can have some reasons for optimism today in the middle of the hardship, in the middle of the difficulty. Let's see if we can figure this out because I'm not optimistic based on what I feel or what I see around me or the circumstances around me. I am optimistic because of what God's Word says. And so we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at eight reasons according to Romans 8 as to why I'm optimistic. So we have a lot of Bible verses that we're going to cover today. So I hope you guys are ready. Grab your Bible so you can follow along, whether it's on a paperback version of it or if you have your phones, go ahead and take out the app and follow along there. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8, and we're going to begin with verse 1 and 2. And here's the first thing, eight reasons why I'm optimistic according to Romans chapter 8. And number one is this, that is that my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. My sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You know, guys, it's so easy for us to lose sight of the eternal ramifications of a walk with Jesus. If you've put your faith in Jesus, if you walk Jesus with Jesus, if you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, there are eternal ramifications to that decision. You see, because Jesus lived and because He died and because He rose from the grave, we are forgiven, we are loved, we are cherished, our sins are washed away, our eternity is secured. And what you see around us, what you see right now, what you're experiencing now is not all that we have. There's something after this life. There's a promise of eternity in the presence of God the Father. You see, sin had power on us. It had a grip on us. And that sin that was in our life separated us from God. But Jesus crushed the power of sin that the power of sin had over our lives. He crushed that power and He made us forgiven. He made us love. He reconciled the relationship between us and God so that we can be close to Him, so we can be drawn to Him, so that our sins could be forgiven and our eternity is secure. This is not all that we have. One day we will be away in the presence of God. Our eternity is secure. My sins are forgiven. That's the first reason why I'm optimistic. The second reason is this, and that is that my mind is filled with the peace of God. My mind is filled with the peace of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says this, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Let me ask you guys a question. Are you having a difficult time? Are you having a challenge finding peace, especially during this time, during this crisis? Are you having a difficult time finding peace? Well, let me ask you another question. What is controlling your mind? Maybe a better question is what is 
filling your mind? What is in your mind? What are you putting into your mind? You guys know this, and that is that whatever you feed grows. Some of you know this all too well. Okay, whatever you feed grows. Now let me ask you this question. What are you filling your mind? What are you filling your mind with? What are you feeding your mind? Are you feeding it with negativity? Are you feeding it with bad news? Are you feeding it with uh, false information? What, what are you feeding your mind with? Or are you letting the Spirit fill your mind so that He can fill your mind with the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding? Whatever you feed grows. What are you putting in your mind? The good news is that my mind can be filled with the peace of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you feed your mind? Well, if you do though by you do so by reading the scripture, by picking up the Bible and do so daily or several times a day and read and study God's scripture. You do so by listening to worship music, God honoring songs and music and worship that you can sing along to and meditate to. You can feed uh, your mind with Bible teaching. There's excellent Bible teaching out there that you can look at. Listen, not the health, wealth, and prosperity junk that's out there. There's some good, rich, solid biblical teaching that you can uh, listen to and feed your mind uh, with. You can listen to past sermons that we've preached here at Swerve Church, or if you need some really good Bible teaching, let me know. I'd love to give you some suggestions. But you can listen to some good Bible teaching. By the way, let me plug Wednesday night's Bible study, because this is another way that you can feed your mind. And a lot of you guys are missing out on the opportunity to study together and to do something that is greatly enriching to our spiritual life. Wednesday nights at 7, you can join in on the Bible study. My mind is filled with the peace of God. Whatever you feed grows. What are you feeding your mind uh, during the season? I'm going to allow the Spirit of God uh, to fill my mind with peace. Here's the third reason I'm optimistic, and that is that my future victory is greater than my present pain. My future victory is greater than my present pain. And we see this in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. It says this, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Listen to me. Your mind simply cannot fathom what Jesus has prepared for us once this life is over. Your mind simply cannot contain. You simply cannot comprehend. You cannot understand the, the extent of God's love and what Jesus has gone ahead and prepared for us. And listen, many are suffering now. Many of you are going through, many of us are suffering right now as we go through this pandemic and as we're isolated and as we're going through all this, this tragedy. But just wait till you see what God has in store because what you're experiencing now is not all that we have. Our affliction, the Bible says, is temporary. You see, if Jesus is real, if He really died on the cross to forgive us of our sin and if He rose from the grave to grant us new life, then that means that one day we will be able to be enter into eternity with our, our Lord and Savior our Creator, our Maker, our Father, Father God will be in His presence away from this present pain. Our affliction is temporary. And listen, the disciples understood this. If you read the New Testament, they went through uh, countless uh, difficulties. They were jailed. They were uh, beaten. They were tortured. They were martyred for following Jesus. Man, what are some of the sufferings that you have today? Uh, a parking ticket because you forgot to move the car uh, or God forbid you're suffering with that slow Wi-Fi at home. Oh, of course, your favorite restaurant is closed because of COVID-19. And, uh, and last night it took you 30 minutes to find a parking spot. I know those are some tough times, but listen, God is with you. 
Now, let me be a little bit serious because obviously many of us are going through very real pain, not just the slow Wi-Fi and couldn't, can't find a parking spot. A lot of us are experiencing real pain, the pain of isolation. It's an agony of, of, of physical a pain that maybe some of us are going through. Maybe it's a mental or emotional breakdown that a lot of us are experiencing. Well, for you that are experiencing those very real deep pains, listen, our future victory is greater than our present pain. And because Jesus is victorious, we will be victorious. And because Jesus lives, we will live with Jesus. We will be in the presence of God our Father, away from all the pain that you're suffering right now, away from the heartache that you're feeling right now, away from the emotional pain that you're sensing right now. We'll be in the presence of God forever, away from all that pain. Our future victory is greater than, my, than our present pain. Here's number four, the fourth reason why I'm optimistic according to Romans chapter 8, and that is that God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. Romans 8.26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Listen, if you are weak, if you're broken, if you're needy, if you're helpless, congratulations, you are human. These are all things that we all experience. These are all things that we all feel and that we all sense. But here's what's really important. Now that you recognize your weakness, you can receive the Holy Spirit's help in these areas. You know, Jesus told his disciples that he had to go, that he had to move on, that he had to leave, and that it was better for them because the one that was coming after them would be living in and through them. He was giving them the promise of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the guide, the one that would come in to help them. And he said, it'd be better if I moved on. You know, maybe one of the greatest hidden gems of this whole pandemic, of everything that we're going on, is that it's revealed to us all our weaknesses. And that is a gem. That is a gift. Because now that we can see our weaknesses and we can identify where we are weak, we can receive God's help in the middle of that. Because God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. God's made a promise to be with you in your weakness, in your weakest moments, in your hardest hits moments, in your difficulties. God's Spirit is present. In fact, the Bible says elsewhere that God's grace is made perfect in our weakness. He says that His grace is sufficient for you and that He is with you and that He is present. Are you weak today? Are you experiencing weakness? Do you feel broken? Do you feel this weakness? Then there's great news because you are in a great place to receive the Spirit's help. Why am I optimistic? I am optimistic because God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. Here's number five. I'm optimistic because God is working everything in my life for good. God is working everything in my life for good. Romans 8.28 says the following. It says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You know, let me teach you guys a, an important theology term. Um, one of the attributes of God, it's known as His sovereignty. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And what that means is that He is all-knowing. And so often this verse here that we read, Romans chapter 8, 28, uh, you maybe have a, a t-shirt uh, of it, a mug uh, printed on it or something, a bumper sticker somewhere. And so often it's misused and misinterpreted and taken out of context. And it's preached in a way to say that God wants to bless your mess. He wants to, you know, bless the heck out of you and give you tons of stuff and give you a big house, more cars, more money, more success, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's often the way that this is uh, preached. But the problem is, the, the, you know, that would mean that we know what's best for us. And that so often isn't true. We don't always know what's best for us. 
We don't know what's best for ourselves. But, and we are called according to His purposes. And that's important when we read the scripture to acknowledge and to recognize that it's those who are called, called according to His purpose, not our own. Listen, if it was up to your own purpose, man, you, you'd have everything that your greedy, wicked, selfish heart would desire. But that doesn't, just because you want those things aren't necessarily the things that are best for you, the things that God desires for you. You know, the good, but the good news is that God is on his throne. God is sovereign. God knows. And he is able to turn uh, what the enemy meant for evil into his good. You see, because, because God can turn even bad situations for his good. This is what this is what brings me hope. This is what gives me optimism that God is working everything. That means not just the good things, not just the great things, not just the successes, not just the things that are on the up and on the rise and that are successful. No, even the bad things in my life. God is sovereign. God is amazing. God is great. God is awesome. And he can even turn those things. He can work everything ultimately for good. For good, God can turn even what we're going through right now, even the pain that you're experiencing now, even the difficulty that you're sensing right now, God can turn it for His good. What the enemy meant for evil, He can turn it for good. You know, after all of this, after this whole pandemic is over, after this whole situation is over, and hopefully we have a little bit sense of normalcy, you know, you're, you're going to understand, you're going to see how God was able to turn this for your good. You're going to be stronger coming out of this. You are going to learn to depend on God more because you, you've brought to a, pay, a place where you simply cannot depend on your own. It's, everything is out of your control. So you're going to come to a greater dependence on God. You're going to have greater faith as you trust Him with your finances, as you trust Him with everything in your life. You're going to have a greater appreciation for community. You're going to have a greater appreciation for friendship. You're going to have a greater appreciation for family because we've all been separated from each other for so long. You're going to have a, a greater appreciation for that. You, you're going to have a deeper connection to God. Because you can, in, in your isolation, as, as you are quarantined at home, it's you and God. So you have to see God and you have to open up your Bible and you have to pray. You have to lead yourself in your walk with Christ. So you're going to have a deeper connection because you're taking ownership of uh, and taking initiative of drawing closer to God. God is working everything in my life for good. Here's number six. Number six, the sixth reason why I'm optimistic is because God is for me. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 33 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Did you ever think of God being for you? Did you ever consider God that way? That he's on your side? That he's in your corner? Some of you need to hear this today. He loves you. He loves you and He is for you. And this is important because sometimes we're not even for our own selves. I know for me that I can definitely tend to beat myself up. Sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. But I can remind myself that God is for me. The author asks, who dares accuse us is the question that he poses. You know, and elsewhere in the Bible, our spiritual enemy, he's known as the accuser. And he whispers in your ear that you are not loved, that you are unforgiven. In fact, that there's no way that you can be forgiven. He says that you are of no value. He says that you are not worth it. He says that you are unredeemable. Our spiritual enemy, the accuser, is constantly yelling, screaming these things into our face to tell us these things. But no one can be against us because God himself has given us right 
right standing through Jesus. God himself has made us right before God because of Jesus Christ dying in our place for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. Now listen, do you beat yourself up? Do you beat yourself up because of past mistakes that you've made? Because of past moral failures? Do you beat yourself because of your do you beat yourself up because of your current circumstances? Because of the situation that you currently find yourself in? Or do other people accuse you because of your past life or, or things that you've done in the past? Well, you need to know this, you need to recognize this, and that is that God is for you. God loves you. He is on your corner. He is with you. God is for you. Now here's number seven. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. Maybe this is a picture of Jesus you've never quite seen before. Look at what Romans chapter 8 verse 34 says. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Did you ever have this picture of Jesus in your mind? Did you ever picture Jesus sitting at the right hand of God pleading on your behalf, interceding on your behalf, praying for you. Do you have, ever have this picture of Jesus? Well, according to Romans chapter 8, that's exactly what Jesus is doing. You know, many times in my life, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like picking up the scriptures and reading. Sometimes I don't feel like continuing. Sometimes I don't feel like fighting. Sometimes I don't feel like working and, and, and doing anything and doing like whatever God's called me to do. But then Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and He's pleading and He's interceding on my behalf. You know, after every mistake, after every screw-up, after every sin, after every mishap, after every fail, Jesus is in heaven pleading on your behalf. He's looking at God the Father and He's saying, Look at the nails, scarred hands. Look at my feet. I died in their place. I, went, I died in their place for their sin. I took the punishment. I absorbed the wrath of God. Look, I died in their place so that they can be forgiven. So that they can be forgiven of their sins. And so that they can be free from any sort of condemnation or guilt. Jesus is at the right hand of God and He is praying for me. And here's the last reason, number eight. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Listen, guys, if you aren't encouraged uh, by this, if you're not feeling optimistic after this, then I, I don't know what's wrong with you, okay? Because this is perhaps one of the most encouraging chapters in the whole entire Bible. And nothing can separate us from God's love. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons. Now listen closely to this part, Swerve Church. Listen, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is perhaps the greatest news that you are going to hear all day. This is perhaps the biggest motivation for you to stay positive regardless of the circumstance that you currently find yourself in. And that is that God loves you. That God cares for you. And that nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate me. Not even the worries about tomorrow. Not even about the fears for today. How many of us are fearful of what's going on around us? How many of us are scared of what is to come tomorrow? Not even those things can separate us from the love of God. And how do we know that? The author says that it is revealed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
And our wickedness, our sin merited the wrath of God. Your sin deserved the wrath of God. It deserved God's punishment. But God in His infinite love and His mercy for you and for me, He poured out His wrath on God the Son. God the Father poured His wrath on God the Son on Jesus Christ in our place. Jesus hung on a cross, nails hand to a cross, feet nailed to the cross, bleeding and dying for your sins. For me, the wrath of God, the judgment of God for our sins on Jesus uh, on Jesus' back. He died in our place for our sin. And that sacrifice satisfied the wrath of God. And three days later, by the power of the Spirit, Jesus rose from the dead. Not only does His death forgive us of our sin, but His life gives us newness of life. And you can experience that newness of life. You can experience forgiveness of sin. You can have the promise of all eternity of being in the presence of God the Father someday. You can have that. You can experience that. And all you need to do, what the Bible says, all you need to do is put your faith in Jesus. Is accept the free gift of God's grace. It's a free gift made of available to anyone, anyone, any race, any creed, any skin color, any language, any neighborhood, any city in the world. It's available to you and all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus and you will have forgiveness of sin and new life and be welcomed into the family of God. Guys, I am optimistic because of these eight reasons according to Romans chapter 8 and you can be too and I pray that you are. And guys, I encourage you this week, study Romans chapter 8, reread it, and, and speak that into yourself. Read the Word, read God's Word, and be encouraged by that today. Let's pray. Lord, I understand that there are so many that are sad, God. And it's very difficult for, for us to remain positive. It's very difficult, God, for us to remain optimistic but I pray that we might be so according to the Spirit's power, according to your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, God, for the reminder that we find in Romans chapter 8, God, that our sins are forgiven, that our minds can be full of the peace of God, that our future victory is greater than our present pain. God, that you help us in our weakness and that you are actively working all things for our good, both good things and bad things. Lord, that you are for me and that Jesus is interceding on my behalf at the right hand of the Father and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. God, I pray, Lord, that this would be a great encouragement to your people today. Lord, and that we may continue or that we may begin to shift our minds, God, away from the negativity, away from the bad news, Lord, and that we would look at your, the, at your word, Lord, that we would look at the truth of God's word and that we would internalize it, Father, and that we would begin to change our outlook, Lord. May you renew our minds, God, and may we reflect your character. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, welcome to Swerve Church. I'm so glad that you can join us today. Now we're beginning a brand new series today called Stay Positive. Now I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of all the bad news. It seems like every Facebook post, it seems like every time we watch uh, the news or read any article, it's all about bad news and I'm sick and tired of it. We have been surrounded by bad news for what seems like maybe the past three months or so. Uh, you know, half of the U.S. seems like it's, it's moved on and it's opened up. New York City, of course, is ve still very much early on in the recovery stage of this whole pandemic, of the whole COVID-19 uh, deal.
And you know, hearing these bad news, hearing bad news all day, these articles, these these posts, these Twitter uh, posts, etc., etc., hearing all this bad news all day can really do something to your psyche. It can really do something to your mental health. It can really do something to your emotions. You know, it really does something to you. It can make you um, quite negative hearing all this bad news. All the time, it could put you in a bad mood, and it could make you downright irritable. I know it does to me. I don't know about you. So today, we're going to be starting a brand new series that I'm really praying and hoping will help shift our minds and our hearts, and we'll begin to look at what God's Word says and help us to begin to think and be a little bit more positive, to stay positive amidst all the bad news. Now listen, not to neglect the reality, not to neglect everything that's going on all around us, not to hide our head in the sand and pretend like nothing is going on. No, no, none of that. Not to neglect reality, but to choose to trust God and to not allow the negativity that is all around us to shape us or to shape our thoughts or to shape our attitude or to shape our emotions or to shape anything about us. All right, we're going to look at God's Word and allow His truth to shape us not all the bad news and the negativity that is around us. In fact, look at what Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27 says. I love this verse. Look at what it says. It says, The one who searches for what is good finds favor. But if someone looks for trouble, it will come to him. If you look for negativity, you will find negativity. But if you find good, if you find positivity, if you look for what is good, you will find favor. Let me ask you guys a question. I would love for you guys to answer this question in the chat down below. Uh, growing up, I used to watch this cartoon called Winnie the Pooh. I bet some of you have as well. Uh, there's two characters that stick out to my mind uh, that are polar opposites as far as uh, their personalities. One is Eeyore. And Eeyore is kind of like a Debbie Downer. He's always down and out. He's always sad and depressed. And he's always, you know, just moping around all the time. And then you have Tigger. And Tigger's the opposite. He's always hopping around, he's always happy, he's always joyous, he's always uh, in your face and energetic. They're two polar opposites. Would you guys let me know in the comments down below, which one are you more like? Are you more of an Eeyore, kind of a Debbie Downer, kind of a little bit more somber, a little bit more uh, sad, a little bit more affected by the things going on around you? Are you more like Tigger, energetic, constantly on the go, always happy, always bouncing around regardless of what's going on? Let me know in the comments down below. I'm going to be honest with you guys. And me, I, I definitely tend to relate a little bit more to the Eeyore character. I, I tend to be a little bit more pessimistic at times. I do tend to allow things around me to determine or to affect the way I feel or what I think, etc. Uh, what about you? Which one are you? And that's why I think this series is so important because I really want to challenge us to be able to shift our thoughts. Listen, not just by some kind of motivational talk or motivational speaking. No, we want to look at God's word and see what God's word and see if there's hope in the scriptures to help us in the middle of all this. I hope you guys are ready. Uh, I know I am. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 today. And here's our big idea. If you're taking down notes, you can write this down. We're talking about optimism. How can we be optimistic? And here's the big idea. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel but on what God says I'm not optimistic based on what I feel I'm optimistic on what God 
says. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to be looking at what God says according to His Word. That's the, one of the major ways, one of the greatest ways that we can hear from God is by looking into the Scriptures. It's looking into God's Word and see what He tells us. So let's see if we can have some reasons for optimism today in the middle of the hardship, in the middle of the difficulty. Let's see if we can figure this out because I'm not optimistic based on what I feel or what I see around me or the circumstances around me. I'm optim- I am optimistic because of what God's Word says. And so we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at eight reasons according to Romans 8 as to why I'm optimistic. So we have a lot of Bible verses that we're going to cover today. So I hope you guys are ready. Grab your Bible so you can follow along, whether it's on a paperback version of it or if you have your phones, go ahead and take out the app and follow along there. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8, and we're going to begin with verse 1 and 2. And here's the first thing, eight reasons why I'm optimistic according to Romans chapter 8. And number one is this, that is that my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. My sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You know, guys, it's so easy for us to lose sight of the eternal ramifications of a walk with Jesus. If you've put your faith in Jesus, if you walk Jesus with Jesus, if you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, there are eternal ramifications to that decision. You see, because Jesus lived and because He died and because He rose from the grave, we are forgiven, we are loved, we are cherished, our sins are washed away, our eternity is secured. And what you see around us, what you see right now, what you're experiencing now is not all that we have. There is something after this life. There's a promise of eternity in the presence of God the Father. You see, sin had power on us. It had a grip on us. And that sin that was in our life separated us from God. But Jesus crushed the power of sin that the power of sin had over our lives. He crushed that power and He made us forgiven. He made us love. He reconciled the relationship between us and God so that we can be close to Him, so we can be drawn to Him, so that our sins could be forgiven and our eternity is secure. This is not all that we have. One day we will be away in the presence of God. Our eternity is secure. My sins are forgiven. That's the first reason why I'm optimistic. The second reason is this and that is that my mind is filled with the peace of God my mind is filled with the peace of God Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says this so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace Let me ask you guys a question. Are you having a difficult time? Are you having a challenge finding peace, especially during this time, during this crisis? Are you having a difficult time finding peace? Well, let me ask you another question. What is controlling your mind? Maybe a better question is what is filling your mind? What is in your mind? What are you putting into your mind? You guys know this, and that is that whatever you feed grows. Some of you know this all too well. Okay, whatever you feed grows. Well, let me ask you this question. What are you filling your mind? What are you filling your mind with? What are you feeding your mind? Are you feeding it with negativity? Are you feeding it with bad news? Are you feeding it with uh, false information? What, What are you feeding your mind with? Or are you letting the Spirit fill your mind? 
so that He can fill your mind with the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Whatever you feed grows. What are you putting in your mind? The good news is that my mind can be filled with the peace of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you feed your mind? Well, if you do though by you do so by reading the Scripture, by picking up the Bible, and do so daily or several times a day, and read and study God's Scripture. You do so by listening to worship music, God honoring songs and music and worship that you can sing along to or meditate to. You can feed uh, your mind with Bible teaching. There's excellent Bible teaching out there that you can look at. Listen, not the health, wealth, and prosperity junk that's out there. There's some good, rich, solid biblical teaching that you. You can uh, listen to and feed your mind uh, with. You can listen to past sermons that we've preached here at Swerve Church. Or if you need some really good Bible teaching, let me know. I'd love to give you some suggestions. But you can listen to some good Bible teaching. By the way, let me plug Wednesday night's Bible study. Because this is another way that you can feed your mind. And a lot of you guys are missing out on the opportunity to study together. And to do something that is greatly enriching to our spiritual life. Wednesday nights at 7, you can join in on the Bible study. My mind is filled with the peace of God. Whatever you feed grows. What are you feeding your mind uh, during the season? I'm going to allow the Spirit of God uh, to fill my mind with peace. Here's the third reason I'm optimistic, and that is that my future victory is greater than my present pain. My future victory is greater than my present pain. And we see this in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. It says this, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Listen to me. Your mind simply cannot fathom what Jesus has prepared for us once this life is over. Your mind simply cannot contain. You simply cannot comprehend. You cannot understand the, the extent of God's love and what Jesus has gone ahead and prepared for us. And listen, many are suffering now. Many of you are going through, many of us are suffering right now as we go through this pandemic and as we're isolated and as we're going through all this, this tragedy. But just wait till you see what God has in store because what you're experiencing now is not all that we have. Our affliction, the Bible says, is temporary. You see, if Jesus is real, if He really died on the cross to forgive us of our sin and if He rose from the grave to grant us new life, then that means that one day we will be able to be enter into eternity with our, our Lord and Savior our creator, our maker, our father, father God will be in his presence away from this present pain. Our affliction is temporary. And listen, the disciples understood this. If you read the New Testament, they went through uh, countless uh, difficulties. They were jailed. They were uh, beaten. They were tortured. They were martyred for following Jesus. Man, what are some of the sufferings that you have today? Uh, a parking ticket because you forgot to move the car, uh, or God forbid you're suffering with that slow Wi-Fi at home. Oh, of course, your favorite restaurant is closed because of COVID-19, and, uh, and last night it took you 30 minutes to find a parking spot. I know those are some tough times, but listen, God is with you. Now, let, let me be a little bit serious because obviously many of us are going through very real pain. Not just the slow Wi-Fi and couldn't, can't find a parking spot. A lot of us experience some real pain, the pain of isolation. It's an agony of, of, of physical a pain that maybe some of us are going through. Maybe it's a mental or emotional breakdown that a lot of us are experiencing. Well, for you that are experiencing those very real deep pains, listen, our future victory is greater than our present pain. 
And because Jesus is victorious, we will be victorious. And because Jesus lives, we will live with Jesus. We will be in the presence of God our Father, away from all the pain that you're suffering right now, away from the heartache that you're feeling right now, away from the emotional pain that you're sensing right now. We'll be in the presence of God forever, away from all that pain. Our future victory is greater than, my, than our present pain. Here's number four, the fourth reason why I'm optimistic according to Romans chapter 8, and that is that God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. Romans 8.26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Listen, if you are weak, if you're broken, if you're needy, if you're helpless, congratulations, you are human. These are all things that we all experience. These are all things that we all feel and that we all sense. But here's what's really important. Now that you recognize your weakness, you can receive the Holy Spirit's help in these areas. You know, Jesus told his disciples that he had to go, that he had to move on, that he had to leave, and that it was better for them because the one that was coming after them would be living in and through them. He was giving them the promise of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the guide, the one that would come in to help them. And he said, it'd be better if I moved on. You know, maybe one of the greatest hidden gems of this whole pandemic, of everything that we're going on, is that it's revealed to us all our weaknesses. And that is a gem. That is a gift. Because now that we can see our weaknesses and we can identify where we are weak, we can receive God's help in the middle of that. Because God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. God's made a promise to be with you in your weakness, in your weakest moments, in your hardest hits moments, in your difficulties. God's Spirit is present. In fact, the Bible says elsewhere that God's grace is made perfect in our weakness he says that his grace is sufficient for you and that he is with you and that he is present are you weak today are you experiencing weakness do you feel broken do you feel this weakness then there's great news because you are in a great place to receive the spirit's help why am I optimistic I'm optimistic because God's spirit helps me in my weakness Here's number five. I'm optimistic because God is working everything in my life for good. God is working everything in my life for good. Romans 8.28 says the following. It says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You know, let me teach you guys a, an important theology term. Um, one of the attributes of God, it's known as His sovereignty. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And what that means is that He is all-knowing. And so often, this verse here that we read, Romans chapter 8, 28, uh, you maybe have a, a t-shirt of it, a mug uh, printed on it or something, a bumper sticker somewhere. And so often, it's misused and misinterpreted and taken out of context. And it's preaching a way to say that God wants to bless your mess. He wants to you know, bless the heck out of you and give you tons of stuff and give you a big house, more cars, more money, more success, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's often the way that this is uh, preached. But the problem is, the, the, you know, that would mean that we know what's best for us. And that so often isn't true. We don't always know what's best for us. We don't know what's best for ourselves. But, and we are called according to His purposes. And that's important when we read the scripture to acknowledge and to recognize that it's those are called, called according to His purpose, not our own. 
Listen, if it was up to your own purpose, man, you, you'd have everything that your greedy, wicked, selfish heart would desire. But that doesn't, just because you want those things aren't necessarily the things that are best for you, the things that God desires for you. You know, the good, but the good news is that God is on his throne. God is sovereign. God knows. And he is able to turn uh, what the enemy meant for evil into his good. You see, because, because God can turn even bad situations for his good. This is what this is what brings me hope. This is what gives me optimism that God is working everything. That means not just the good things, not just the great things, not just the successes, not just the things that are on the up and on the rise and that are successful. No, even the bad things in my life. God is sovereign. God is amazing. God is great. God is awesome. And he can even turn those things. He can work everything ultimately for good. For good, God can turn even what we're going through right now, even the pain that you're experiencing now, even the difficulty that you're sensing right now, God can turn it for his good. What the enemy meant for evil, he can turn it for good. You know, after all of this, after this whole pandemic is over, after this whole situation is over, and hopefully we have a little bit sense of normalcy, you know, you're, you're going to understand, you're going to see how God was able to turn this for your good. You're going to be stronger coming out of this. You are going to learn to depend on God more because you, you've brought to a, pay, a place where you simply cannot depend on your own. It's, everything is out of your control. So you're going to come to a greater dependence on God. You're going to have greater faith as you trust Him with your finances, as you trust Him with everything in your life. You're going to have a greater appreciation for community. You're going to have a greater appreciation for friendship. You're going to have a greater appreciation for family because we've all been separated from each other for so long. You're going to have a, a greater appreciation for that. You're going to have a deeper connection to God. Because you can, in, in your isolation, as, as you are quarantined at home, it's you and God. So you have to see God and you have to open up your Bible and you have to pray. You have to lead yourself in your walk with Christ. So you're going to have a deeper connection because you're taking ownership of uh, and taking initiative of drawing closer to God. God is working everything in my life for good. Here's number six. Number six, the sixth reason why I'm optimistic is because God is for me. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 33 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Did you ever think of God being for you? Did you ever consider God that way? That he's on your side? That he's in your corner? Some of you need to hear this today. He loves you. He loves you and he is for you. And this is important because sometimes we're not even for our own selves. I know for me that I can definitely tend to beat myself up. Sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. But I can remind myself that God is for me. The author asks, who dares accuse us is the question that he poses. You know, and elsewhere in the Bible, our spiritual enemy, he's known as the accuser. And he whispers in your ear that you are not loved, that you are unforgiven. In fact, that there's no way that you can be forgiven. He says that you are of no value. He says that you are not worth it. He says that you are unredeemable. Our spiritual enemy, the accuser, is constantly yelling, screaming these things into our face to tell us these things. But no one can be against us because God himself has given us right standing through Jesus. God himself has made us right before God because of Jesus Christ dying in our place for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. Now listen, do you beat yourself up? 
Do you beat yourself up because of past mistakes that you've made? Because of past moral failures? Do you beat yourself because of your do you beat yourself up because of your current circumstances? Because of the situation that you currently find yourself in? Or do other people accuse you because of your past life or, or things that you've done in the past? Well, you need to know this. You need to recognize this. And that is that God is for you. God loves you. He is on your corner. He is with you. God is for you. Now, here's number seven. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. Maybe this is a picture of Jesus you've never quite seen before. Look at what Romans chapter 8, verse 34 says. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and He is sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Did you ever have this picture of Jesus in your mind? Did you ever picture Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, pleading on your behalf, interceding on your behalf, praying for you? Did you ever have this picture of Jesus? Well, according to Romans chapter 8, that's exactly what Jesus is doing. You know, many times in my life, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like picking up the scriptures and reading. Sometimes I don't feel like continuing. Sometimes I don't feel like fighting. Sometimes I don't feel like working and and, and doing anything and doing like whatever God's called me to do. But then Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and He's pleading and He's interceding on my behalf. You know, after every mistake, after every screw up, after every sin, after every mishap, after every fail, Jesus is in heaven pleading on your behalf. He's looking at God the Father and He's saying, Look at the nails, scarred hands. Look at my feet. I died in their place. I, went, I died in their place for their sin. I took the punishment. I absorbed the wrath of God. Look, I died in their place so that they can be forgiven, so that they can be forgiven of their sins, and so that they can be free from any sort of condemnation or guilt. Jesus is at the right hand of God and He is praying for me. And here's the last reason, number eight. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Listen, guys, if you aren't encouraged uh, by this, if you're not feeling optimistic after this, then I, I don't know what's wrong with you, okay? Because this is perhaps one of the most encouraging chapters in the whole entire Bible. And nothing can separate us from God's love. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons. Now listen closely to this part, Swerve Church. Listen, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is perhaps the greatest news that you are going to hear all day. This is perhaps the biggest motivation for you to stay positive regardless of the circumstance that you currently find yourself in. And that is that God loves you. That God cares for you. And that nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate me. Not even the worries about tomorrow. Not even about the fears for today. How many of us are fearful of what's going on around us? How many of us are scared of what is to come tomorrow? Not even those things can separate us from the love of God. And how do we know that? The author says that it is revealed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
And our wickedness, our sin merited the wrath of God. Your sin deserved the wrath of God. It deserved God's punishment. But God in His infinite love and His mercy for you and for me, He poured out His wrath on God the Son. God the Father poured His wrath on God the Son on Jesus Christ in our place. Jesus hung on a cross, nails hand to a cross, feet nailed to the cross, bleeding and dying for your sins. For me, the wrath of God, the judgment of God for our sins on Jesus uh, on Jesus' back. He died in our place for our sin. And that sacrifice satisfied the wrath of God. And three days later, by the power of the Spirit, Jesus rose from the dead. Not only does His death forgive us of our sin, but His life gives us newness of life. And you can experience that newness of life. You can experience forgiveness of sin. You can have the promise of all eternity, of being in the presence of God the Father someday. You can have that. You can experience that. And all you need to do, what the Bible says, all you need to do is put your faith in Jesus. Is accept the free gift of God's grace. It's a free gift made of available to anyone, anyone, any race, any creed, any skin color, any language, any neighborhood, any city in the world. It's available to you and all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus and you will have forgiveness of sin and new life and be welcomed into the family of God. Guys, I am optimistic because of these eight reasons according to Romans chapter 8 and you can be too and I pray that you are. And guys, I encourage you this week, study Romans chapter 8, reread it, and, and speak that into yourself. Read the Word, read God's Word, and be encouraged by that today. Let's pray. Lord, I understand that there are so many that are sad, God. And it's very difficult for, for us to remain positive. It's very difficult, God, for us to remain optimistic but I pray that we might be so according to the Spirit's power, according to your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, God, for the reminder that we find in Romans chapter 8, God, that our sins are forgiven, that our minds can be full of the peace of God, that our future victory is greater than our present pain. God, that you help us in our weakness and that you are actively working all things for our good, both good things and bad things. Lord, that you are for me and that Jesus is interceding on my behalf at the right hand of the Father, and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. God, I pray, Lord, that this would be a great encouragement to your people today, Lord, and that we may continue, or that we may begin to shift our minds, God, away from the negativity, away from the bad news, Lord, and that we would look at your, the, at your word, Lord, that we would look at the truth of God's word, and that we would internalize it, Father, and that we would begin to change our outlook, Lord. May you renew our minds, God, and may we reflect your character. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, welcome to Swerve Church. I'm so glad that you can join us today. Now we're beginning a brand new series today called Stay Positive. Now I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of all the bad news. It seems like every Facebook post, it seems like every time we watch uh, the news or read any article, it's all about bad news and I'm sick and tired of it. We have been surrounded by bad news for, for what seems like maybe the past three months or so. Uh, you know, half of the U.S. seems like it's, it's moved on and it's opened up. New York City, of course, is very, still very much early on in the recovery stage of this whole pandemic, of the whole COVID-19 uh, deal. 
And you know, hearing these bad news, hearing bad news all day, these articles, these these posts, these Twitter uh, posts, etc., etc., hearing all this bad news all day can really do something to your psyche. It can really do something to your mental health. It can really do something to your emotions. You know, it really does something to you. It can make you um, quite negative hearing all this bad news. All the time, it could put you in a bad mood, and it could make you downright irritable. I know it does to me. I don't know about you. So today, we're going to be starting a brand new series that I'm really praying and hoping will help shift our minds and our hearts, and we'll begin to look at what God's Word says and help us to begin to think and be a little bit more positive, to stay positive amidst all the bad news. Now listen, not to neglect the reality, not to neglect everything that's going on all around us, not to hide our head in the sand and pretend like nothing is going on. No, no, none of that. Not to neglect reality, but to choose to trust God and to not allow the negativity that is all around us to shape us or to shape our thoughts or to shape our attitude or to shape our emotions or to shape anything about us. We're going to look at God's word and allow his truth to shape us not all the bad news and the negativity that is around us. In fact, look at what Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27 says. I love this verse. Look at what it says. It says, The one who searches for what is good finds favor. But if someone looks for trouble, it will come to him. If you look for negativity, you will find negativity. But if you find good, if you find positivity, if you look for what is good, you will find favor. Let me ask you guys a question. I would love for you guys to answer this question in the chat down below. Uh, growing up, I used to watch this cartoon called Winnie the Pooh. I bet some of you have as well. Uh, there's two characters that stick out to my mind uh, that are polar opposites as far as uh, their personalities. One is Eeyore. And Eeyore is kind of like a Debbie Downer. He's always down and out. He's always sad and depressed. And he's always, you know, just moping around all the time. And then you have Tigger. And Tigger's the opposite. He's always hopping around, he's always happy, he's always joyous, he's always uh, in your face and energetic. They're two polar opposites. Would you guys let me know in the comments down below, which one are you more like? Are you more of an Eeyore, kind of a Debbie Downer, kind of a little bit more somber, a little bit more uh, sad, a little bit more affected by the things going on around you? Are you more like Tigger, energetic, constantly on the go, always happy, always bouncing around regardless of what's going on? Let me know in the comments down below. I'm going to be honest with you guys. And me, I, I definitely tend to relate a little bit more to the Eeyore character. I, I tend to be a little bit more pessimistic at times. I do tend to allow things around me to determine or to affect the way I feel or what I think, etc. What about you? Which one are you? And that's why I think this series is so important because I really want to challenge us to be able to shift our thoughts. Listen, not just by some kind of motivational talk or motivational speaking. No, we want to look at God's word and see what God's word and see if there's hope in the scriptures to help us in the middle of all this. I hope you guys are ready. Uh, I know I am. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 today. And here's our big idea. If you're taking down notes, you can write this down. We're talking about optimism. How can we be optimistic? And here's the big idea. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel, but on what God says. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. I'm optimistic on what God 
says. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to be looking at what God says according to His Word. That's the one of the major ways, one of the greatest ways that we can hear from God is by looking into the Scriptures. It's looking into God's Word and see what He tells us. So let's see if we can have some reasons for optimism today in the middle of the hardship, in the middle of the difficulty. Let's see if we can figure this out because I'm not optimistic based on what I feel or what I see around me or the circumstances around me. I am optimistic because of what God's Word says. And so we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, and we're going to look at eight reasons according to Romans 8 as to why I'm optimistic. So we have a lot of Bible verses that we're going to cover today. So I hope you guys are ready. Grab your Bible so you can follow along, whether it's on a paperback version of it or if you have your phones, go ahead and take out the app and follow along there. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8, and we're going to begin with verse 1 and 2. And here's the first thing, eight reasons why I'm optimistic according to Romans chapter 8. And number one is this, that is that my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. My sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You know, guys, it's so easy for us to lose sight of the eternal ramifications of a walk with Jesus. If you've put your faith in Jesus, if you walk Jesus with Jesus, if you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, there are eternal ramifications to that decision. You see, because Jesus lived and because He died and because He rose from the grave, we are forgiven, we are loved, we are cherished, our sins are washed away, our eternity is secured. And what you see around us, what you see right now, what you're experiencing now is not all that we have. There's something after this life. There's a promise of eternity in the presence of God the Father. You see, sin had power on us. It had a grip on us. And that sin that was in our life separated us from God. But Jesus crushed the power of sin that the power of sin had over our lives. He crushed that power and He made us forgiven. He made us love. He reconciled the relationship between us and God so that we can be close to Him, so we can be drawn to Him, so that our sins could be forgiven and our eternity is secure. This is not all that we have. One day we will be away in the presence of God. Our eternity is secure. My sins are forgiven. That's the first reason why I'm optimistic. The second reason is this and that is that my mind is filled with the peace of God my mind is filled with the peace of God Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says this so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace let me ask you guys a question are you having a difficult time are you having a challenge finding peace especially during this time during this crisis are you having a difficult time finding peace well let me ask you another question what is controlling your mind maybe a better question is what is filling your mind what is in your mind what are you putting into your mind you guys know this and that is that whatever you feed grows some of you know this all too well okay whatever you feed grows so let me ask you this question what are you filling your mind what are you filling your mind with What are you feeding your mind? Are you feeding it with negativity? Are you feeding it with bad news? Are you feeding it with uh, false information? What, What are you feeding your mind with? Or are you letting the Spirit fill your mind? 
so that he can fill your mind with the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Whatever you feed grows. What are you putting in your mind? The good news is that my mind can be filled with the peace of God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you feed your mind? Well, if you do though by you do so by reading the scripture, by picking up the Bible and do so daily or several times a day and read and study God's scripture. You do so by listening to worship music, God honoring songs and music and worship that you can sing along to or meditate to. You can feed uh, your mind with Bible teaching. There's excellent Bible teaching out there that you can look at. Listen, not the health, wealth and prosperity junk that's out there. There's some good, rich, solid biblical teaching that you can can uh, listen to and feed your mind uh, with. You can listen to past sermons that we've preached here at Swerve Church, or if you need some really good Bible teaching, let me know. I'd love to give you some suggestions. But you can listen to some good Bible teaching. By the way, let me plug Wednesday night's Bible study, because this is another way that you can feed your mind. And a lot of you guys are missing out on the opportunity to study together and to do something that is greatly enriching to our spiritual life. Wednesday nights at 7, you can join in on on the Bible study, my mind is filled with the peace of God. Whatever you feed grows. What are you feeding your mind uh, during the season? I'm going to allow the Spirit of God uh, to fill my mind with peace. Here's the third reason I'm optimistic, and that is that my future victory is greater than my present pain. My future victory is greater than my present pain. And we see this in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. It says this, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. Listen to me. Your mind simply cannot fathom what Jesus has prepared for us once this life is over. Your mind simply cannot contain. You simply cannot comprehend. You cannot understand the, the extent of God's love and what Jesus has gone ahead and prepared for us. And listen, many are suffering now. Many of you are going through, many of us are suffering right now as we go through this pandemic and as we're isolated and as we're going through all this, this tragedy. But just wait till you see what God has in store because what you're experiencing now is not all that we have. Our affliction, the Bible says, is temporary. You see, if Jesus is real, if He really died on the cross to forgive us of our sin and if He rose from the grave to grant us new life, then that means that one day we will be able to be enter into eternity with our, our Lord and Savior our creator, our maker, our father, father God will be in his presence away from this present pain. Our affliction is temporary. And listen, the disciples understood this. If you read the New Testament, they went through uh, countless uh, difficulties. They were jailed. They were uh, beaten. They were tortured. They were martyred for following Jesus. Man, what are some of the sufferings that you have today? Uh, a parking ticket because you forgot to move the car uh, or God forbid you're suffering with that slow Wi-Fi at home. Oh, of course, your favorite restaurant is closed because of COVID-19. And, uh, and last night it took you 30 minutes to find a parking spot. I know those are some tough times, but listen, God is with you. Now, let, let me be a little bit serious because obviously many of us are going through very real pain. Not just the slow Wi-Fi and couldn't, can't find a parking spot. A lot of us are experiencing real pain, the pain of isolation. It's an agony of, of, of physical of pain that maybe some of us are going through. Maybe it's a mental or emotional breakdown that a lot of us are experiencing. Well, for you that are experiencing those very real deep pains, listen, our future victory is greater than our present pain. 
And because Jesus is victorious, we will be victorious. And because Jesus lives, we will live with Jesus. We will be in the presence of God our Father, away from all the pain that you're suffering right now, away from the heartache that you're feeling right now, away from the emotional pain that you are sensing right now. We'll be in the presence of God forever, away from all that pain. Our future victory is greater than, my, than our present pain. Here's number four, the fourth reason why I'm optimistic according to Romans chapter 8, and that is that God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. Romans 8.26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Listen, if you are weak, if you're broken, if you're needy, if you're helpless, congratulations, you are human. These are all things that we all experience. These are all things that we all feel and that we all sense. But here's what's really important. Now that you recognize your weakness, you can receive the Holy Spirit's help in these areas. You know, Jesus told his disciples that he had to go, that he had to move on, that he had to leave, and that it was better for them because the one that was coming after them would be living in and through them. He was giving them the promise of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the guide, the one that would come in to help them. And he said, it'd be better if I moved on. You know, maybe one of the greatest hidden gems of this whole pandemic, of everything that we're going on, is that it's revealed to us all our weaknesses. And that is a gem, that is a gift, because now that we can see our weaknesses and we can identify where we are weak, we can receive God's help in the middle of that, because God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. God's made a promise to be with you in your weakness, in your weakest moments, in your hardest hits moments, in your difficulty. God's Spirit is present. In fact, the Bible says elsewhere that God's grace is made perfect in our weakness. He says that His grace is sufficient for you and that He is with you and that He is present. Are you weak today? Are you experiencing weakness? Do you feel broken? Do you feel this weakness? Then there's great news because you are in a great place to receive the Spirit's help. Why am I optimistic? I am optimistic because God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. Here's number five. I'm optimistic because God is working everything in my life for good. God is working everything in my life for good. Romans 8.28 says the following. It says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. You know, let me teach you guys a, an important theology term. Um, one of the attributes of God, it's known as His sovereignty. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And what that means is that He is all-knowing. And so often this verse here that we read, Romans chapter 8, 28, uh, you maybe have a, a t-shirt of it, a mug uh, printed on it or something, a bumper sticker somewhere. And so often it's misused and misinterpreted and taken out of context and it's preached in a way to say that God wants to bless your mess. He wants to, you know, bless the heck out of you and give you tons of stuff and give you a big house, more cars, more money, more success, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's often the way that this is uh, preached. But the problem is, the, the, you know, that would mean that we know what's best for us. And that so often isn't true. We don't always know what's best for us. We don't know what's best for ourselves. But, and we are called according to His purposes. And that's important when we read the Scripture to acknowledge and to recognize that it's those are called, called according to His purpose, not our own. 
Listen, if it was up to your own purpose, man, you, you'd have everything that your greedy, wicked, selfish heart would desire. But that doesn't, just because you want those things aren't necessarily the things that are best for you, the things that God desires for you. You know, the good, but the good news is that God is on his throne. God is sovereign. God knows. And he is able to turn uh, what the enemy meant for evil into his good. You see, because, because God can turn even bad situations for his good. This is what this is what brings me hope. This is what gives me optimism that God is working everything. That means not just the good things, not just the great things, not just the successes, not just the things that are on the up and on the rise and that are successful. No, even the bad things in my life. God is sovereign. God is amazing. God is great. God is awesome. And he can even turn those things. He can work everything ultimately for good. For good, God can turn even what we're going through right now, even the pain that you're experiencing now, even the difficulty that you're sensing right now, God can turn it for his good. What the enemy meant for evil, he can turn it for good. You know, after all of this, after this whole pandemic is over, after this whole situation is over, and hopefully we have a little bit sense of normalcy, you know, you're, you're going to understand, you're going to see how God was able to turn this for your good. You're going to be stronger coming out of this. You are going to learn to depend on God more because you, you've brought to a, pay, a place where you simply cannot depend on your own. It's, everything is out of your control. So you're going to come to a greater dependence on God. You're going to have greater faith as you trust Him with your finances, as you trust Him with everything in your life you're going to have a greater appreciation for community you're going to have a greater appreciation for friendship you're going to have a greater appreciation for family because we've all been separated from each other for so long you're going to have a, a greater appreciation for that you're going to have a deeper connection to god because you can in, in your isolation as, as you are quarantined at home it's you and god so you have to see god and you have to open up your bible and you have to pray you have to lead yourself in your walk with Christ. So you're going to have a deeper connection because you're taking ownership of uh, and taking initiative of drawing closer to God. God is working everything in my life for good. Here's number six. Number six, the sixth reason why I'm optimistic is because God is for me. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 33 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Did you ever think of God being for you? Did you ever consider God that way? That he's on your side? That he's in your corner? Some of you need to hear this today. He loves you. He loves you and he is for you. And this is important because sometimes we're not even for our own selves. I know for me that I can definitely tend to beat myself up. Sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. But I can remind myself that God is for me. The author asks, who dares accuse us is the question that he poses. You know, and elsewhere in the Bible, our spiritual enemy, he's known as the accuser. And he whispers in your ear that you are not loved, that you are unforgiven. In fact, that there's no way that you can be forgiven. He says that you are of no value. He says that you are not worth it. He says that you are unredeemable. Our spiritual enemy, the accuser, is constantly yelling, screaming these things into our face to tell us these things. But no one can be against us because God himself has given us right right standing through Jesus. God himself has made us right before God because of Jesus Christ dying in our place for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. Now listen, do you beat yourself up? 
Do you beat yourself up because of past mistakes that you've made? Because of past moral failures? Do you beat yourself because of your do you beat yourself up because of your current circumstances? Because of the situation that you currently find yourself in? Or do other people accuse you because of your past life or, or things that you've done in the past? Well, you need to know this. You need to recognize this. And that is that God is for you. God loves you. He is on your corner. He is with you. God is for you. Now, here's number seven. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. Maybe this is a picture of Jesus you've never quite seen before. Look at what Romans chapter 8, verse 34 says. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Did you ever have this picture of Jesus in your mind? Did you ever picture Jesus sitting at the right hand of God pleading on your behalf, interceding on your behalf, praying for you? Did you ever have this picture of Jesus? Well, according to Romans chapter 8, that's exactly what Jesus is doing. You know, many times in my life, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like picking up the scriptures and reading. Sometimes I don't feel like continuing. Sometimes I don't feel like fighting. Sometimes I don't feel like working and, and, and doing anything and doing like whatever God's called me to do. But then Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and He's pleading and He's interceding on my behalf. You know, after every mistake, after every screw up, after every sin, after every mishap, after every fail, Jesus is in heaven pleading on your behalf. He's looking at God the Father and He's saying, Look at the nails, scarred hands. Look at my feet. I died in their place. I, went, I died in their place for their sin. I took the punishment. I absorbed the wrath of God. Look, I died in their place so that they can be forgiven. So that they can be forgiven of their sins. And so that they can be free from any sort of condemnation or guilt. Jesus is at the right hand of God and He is praying for me. And here's the last reason, number eight. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Listen, guys, if you aren't encouraged uh, by this, if you're not feeling optimistic after this, then I, I don't know what's wrong with you, okay? Because this is perhaps one of the most encouraging chapters in the whole entire Bible. And nothing can separate us from God's love. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons. Now listen closely to this part, Swerve Church. Listen, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is perhaps the greatest news that you are going to hear all day. This is perhaps the biggest motivation for you to stay positive regardless of the circumstance that you currently find yourself in. And that is that God loves you. That God cares for you. And that nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate me. Not even the worries about tomorrow. Not even about the fears for today. How many of us are fearful of what's going on around us? How many of us are scared of what is to come tomorrow? Not even those things can separate us from the love of God. And how do we know that? The author says that it is revealed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
And our wickedness, our sin merited the wrath of God. Your sin deserved the wrath of God. It deserved God's punishment. But God in His infinite love and His mercy for you and for me, He poured out His wrath on God the Son. God the Father poured His wrath on God the Son on Jesus Christ in our place. Jesus hung on a cross, nails hand to a cross, feet nailed to the cross, bleeding and dying for your sins. For me, the wrath of God, the judgment of God for our sins on Jesus uh, on Jesus' back. He died in our place for our sin. And that sacrifice satisfied the wrath of God. And three days later, by the power of the Spirit, Jesus rose from the dead. Not only does His death forgive us of our sin, but His life gives us newness of life. And you can experience that newness of life. You can experience forgiveness of sin. You can have the promise of all eternity of being in the presence of God the Father someday. You can have that. You can experience that. And all you need to do, what the Bible says, all you need to do is put your faith in Jesus is accept the free gift of God's grace. It's a free gift made available to anyone, anyone, any race, any creed, any skin color, any language, any neighborhood, any city in the world. It's available to you and all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. And you will have forgiveness of sin and new life and be welcomed into the family of God. Guys, I am optimistic because of these eight reasons according to Romans chapter 8. And you can be too, and I pray that you are. And guys, I encourage you this week, study Romans chapter 8, reread it, and speak that into yourself. Read the Word, read God's Word, and be encouraged by that today. Let's pray. Lord, I understand that there are so many that are sad, God. And it's very difficult for for us to remain positive. It's very difficult, God, for us to remain optimistic. But I pray that we might be so according to the Spirit's power, according to your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, God, for the reminder that we find in Romans chapter 8, God, that our sins are forgiven, that our minds can be full of the peace of God, that our future victory is greater than our present pain. God, that you help us in our weakness and that you are actively working all things for our good, both good things and bad things. Lord, that you are for me and that Jesus is interceding on my behalf at the right hand hand of the Father, and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. God, I pray, Lord, that this would be a great encouragement to your people today. Lord, and that we may continue, or that we may begin to shift our minds, God, away from the negativity, away from the bad news, Lord, and that we would look at your, the, at your word, Lord, that we would look at the truth of God's word, and that we would internalize it, Father, and that we would begin to change our outlook, Lord. May you renew our minds, God, and may we reflect your character. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.